Today is Thursday, December 26, 2019, and this is Radio Wave. This is Radio Wave with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Here we are, Christmas again, 2019, the last Christmas from 2010 to 2020. The eve of a decade always has significance, something of importance, and there's no doubt with the messages we got yesterday, Yaakov received his, Marie received hers for the world. Both of them have a connection. Usually Yaakov's is of a substance that's not so serious. Not that I'm demeaning the messages, but it's more upbeat. And without the meaning of the 25th message, Maria receives. So we're going to read both of those messages, one after another, because both of them are tied together and says some very profound things. Our Lady of Medjugorje's December 25th, 2019 monthly message to the world through Maria. Dear children, I am carrying my son Jesus to you for him to bless you and reveal to you his love, which comes from heaven. Your heart yearns for peace, of which there is less and less on earth. That is why people are far from God and souls are sick and heading towards spiritual death. I am with you, little children, to lead you on this way of salvation to which God calls you. Thank you for having responded to my call. We'll go directly to Yaakov's message because they are tied together. Our Lady of Medjugorje's December 25th, 2019 message given through Yaakov. Our Lady came with little Jesus in her arms and gave the following message. Dear children, today on this day of grace, in a special way, I am calling you to open your hearts and to implore Jesus to strengthen your faith. Children, through prayer with the heart, faith, and works, you will come to know what it means to live a sincere Christian life. Oftentimes, children, darkness, pain, and crosses overwhelm your hearts. Do not waver in faith and ask why. 
because you think that you are alone and abandoned. Instead, open your hearts, pray, and believe firmly, and then your heart will feel God's nearness and that God never abandons you, that He is beside you at every moment. Through prayer and faith, God will answer your every why and transform your every pain, darkness, and cross into light. Thank you. I found it very astounding, something that Our Lady told Yaakov. Do not waver in faith and ask why. There's so many whys in everybody's life. What happens this day? What happened yesterday? What happened when my son died a year ago? Why did I go bankrupt? So many circumstances that come up and we say why. And yet we add to that, nothing's by chance. How is it that so much misfortune occurs? I've been praying. I've been doing the rosaries, you say, and then this bad thing happened. The consequences of our decisions in life, never is by chance. Many times we make those things. Many times it may be God wanting to purify you. So everything that happens, good, bad, neutral, ecstatic, are being brought down low. All these things is part of life, and there's purpose to it. But it is also conditions that we see in these circumstances Why, God? Why is this happening? And it could be for good things. When I got my first track of land, I couldn't believe I got it. It was a dream. When I bought my second, I felt the same way. The third time, I got a beautiful piece of property while I was in business. This is all pre-Medjugorje. I walked outside and said, God, why are you giving me this? I knew it didn't come from me. I knew it came from him. I was actually arguing with him. Why are you being so good to me? And I never knew that for a long time. I didn't know the why. But a lady says at the end of this message, through prayer and faith, God will answer your every why and transform your every pain, darkness, and cross into light. Now, I was not on the negative side of that. Because it may not be a cross, it may not be darkness, but I was asking why he was being so good to me. And yes, like everybody else, I wonder why this misfortune happens, but I always come to the decision, I deserve it. I'm a sinner. And I know once I got involved with Medjugorje, I want to do everything for God. I want to give him everything. I want to give myself to Our Lady in a complete way. And then that brought in a lot of pain, a lot of crosses. I wanted the wise. There were some mystery things that happened, and I never understood it. One year, two years, five years later, I began to understand it. There's something that Our Lady did. It was about 10 or 15 years before I understood why that happened. And it became clear when I was at a point that I could understand it. I had to mature in my walk with her towards salvation and what she wanted out of me through prayer and faith that God will answer your every why. I'm going to tell you there is no why that you'll wonder in your life that you won't understand it. Many times it's a catastrophe, something very bad. 
But once God reveals it to you, and you have the cognition of going through that for years in prayer and faith, and once he shows it to you, it brings peace because it brings light. The cross brings light. That's what she says. Answer your every why and transform your every pain, darkness and cross into light. So this is a fascinating thing that they told Yaakov, and I know and I testify that I've seen this over and over. Many people can go through a whole lifetime asking why. Why, God? Why this? Why that? And they won't get the answer because they're not getting the answer through prayer and faith. If you have any whys in your life, all you have to do is pray and have faith in God that this was a good thing, although it is a bad negative thing, for the purpose of bringing me to conversion or my family or changing the circumstances. So this is a big revelation because many people do go through their death with the whys and they never get an answer. It surprises me how so many people who are Christians who are not sincere with the Christianity. Alay says, through prayer, with the heart, faith, and works, you will know what it means to live a sincere Christian life. You can be a Christian going to Mass, doing everything, but have you been praying with the heart? Do you have faith? Do you have works that backs that up? Are you supporting the ministries that really brings conversion? That's a sincere Christian life. So we have many Christians that aren't sincere. They give an appearance publicly that they're Christians. But their life doesn't reflect that at all, even publicly. We don't have the right to judge somebody's soul and where they're going to end up at. But we can't hear these things that these people are saying, that they claim to be Christians, and we know they're not. Let me just jump in here, because when I first read this message, just in observing what's going on with the whole attack against President Trump and the news coming out about those who are perpetrating these wrongs against President Trump, they're truly coming to a point where they're going to be faced with consequences for the first time. And many of these people are Catholic, like the Nancy Pelosi's, like the Joe Biden's, and other people that are Christian. And you can tell that they're panicking they have children that they brought into this corruption that now they're worried about. And I can't help but feel some pity for them because it must be very frightful to suddenly know that all of your wrongdoings are catching up with you. And I think Our Lady may be addressing these people in her message today because she has an urgency, it seems. She's not addressing them because they're not listening. Their Christian life is not there for them to even be open to it. So when a lady says, your heart yearns for peace, that's what we want to. And we want the Pelosi's. We want them to have peace. But that's not what is happening. She says, your heart yearns for peace for which there is less and less on earth. And we can see this of the names you already mentioned, where the priest just denied about a month ago, Joe Biden communion. And him receiving communion is exactly what Nancy Pelosi says recently. I'm praying for Trump. I don't believe that. And if she's praying, what is she praying about? Her action shows something different. As far as her soul, we want her to be saved. But what you're saying, these people, is what our lady says, 
That is why people are far from God and souls are sick and heading towards spiritual death. It's a scary thing. We're in a moment where this is increasing. When Ray said less and less means the peace is not on a scale where it's level or going up, it's going down. We're in a peaceless world now, and it's in a terrible state. And Ray just tells us yesterday at Christmas that there's less and less. That means we're headed toward more or less peace. How can it get any worse? So I just wanted to interject that one point you do bring up before you got away from it. Right. So in Yaakov's message, Our Lady seems to be saying what she is saying. She's saying, implore Jesus to strengthen your faith. Don't waver in your faith. Pray and believe firmly. God doesn't abandon you. It's as if she's addressing those people that have a real risk of despairing because they're going to find the floor drop out from underneath their feet. On the other side of that, and what you're talking about, where there's less and less peace in the earth, you've always said that a revolution can start with only 5% of the people. And there was a recent report that came out saying that the whole Q movement, which you wrote this book in March of this year, Big Q, Little Q, we're in our 11th printing of this book. We haven't even promoted this book because we've been so busy with other projects and yet we're having to keep printing it. It's become this great fishnet. We've captured so many new souls, brought them to Our Lady through this book you wrote, exposing, bringing out into the open what Little Q is. And just recently, they're saying that 10% of the population in the United States believe in Q, believe Q is a good thing. So you have 10% that can lead a revolution leading the rest of the population. This one report says that scientists discover a tipping point. 10% is the tipping point of bringing the whole population to where 10% of the people believe, which is what you have always said about the 5%. So with Q, that's one thing. With Our Lady, with Medjugorje, it's another. Do you think there is 10% of the population, either in our nation or the whole world, that believes in Our Lady, because she is the tipping point for everything that's going to happen from this point on. Well, I would say the Medjugorje world, which millions, tens of millions of people have gone, and tens of millions of people, maybe hundreds of millions, know about Medjugorje, probably only 5% really understand the seriousness of Our Lady coming instead of devotion about conversion and that they're going through this process of conversion. It does not take our army to change a nation or a world or a culture or a city. A real small minority, 5%, tightly principled, shared beliefs, becomes more powerful than the other 95%. So I don't have any problem buying that 10% that that's a tipping point. Our lady's building up an army. Jesus built just the smallest number, 12 apostles, to found the whole church on. And it's gone 2,000 years. And it is in trouble now. That's why Our Lady's here, because the Antichrist system's here. She's here to interrupt that. Our community is a tight body of people living for the disposal of Our Lady. Her wishes, what she wants to initiate, what project she wants to take on, we tackle it. With her help, it's not us. 
There are things that our lady's manifesting right now for our community. Big, big things for 2020. I'm not exaggerating it. I can't exaggerate. It's beyond what I can even understand. We all met today just for this one reason, for a couple of hours. We had no plans for this, but a lady manifested something that we had to gather together and talk this out and say, look what's happening. And a lady's fingerprint is all over it for the last several years, actually for the last two and a half decades, actually three decades. And we just now begin to see it. And it's an amazing thing. But a lady can do more with a few. Jesus can do more with a few than a big number. So things are changing. The tipping point is there's so many people manifesting that they're doing evil. They desire that. They want it. And they want destruction, which consolidates us more in a minority and a more powerful group. From the day one McCarrie-Tuss started, I had persecution. It consolidated me and my family. And from there, people joining with the community, we were pushed in a way. The best thing they could have done is want to join us or weaken us. But we got so distanced from that, walking another path, that they made us stronger. And that's what's happening right now. Q is strong, and it's growing, and it will spill over into a tipping point, and everything is going to come to the side. The seekers will help on the tipping point, but these things are coming right now. We're in an exciting moment. These messages are very powerful. And when it comes down to one thing, Our Lady said to Yaakov, children, through prayer, with heart, faith, and works, you will come to know what it means to live a sincere Christian life. What struck me in that whole message was children. She didn't say little children, and she didn't say dear children. She's showing in the characteristics that she speaks to Yaakov in somewhat a different way. We don't see that. Then she goes into the next sentence and says this again. Oftentimes, children, not dear children, not little children, all this expression and what it does and how she says it has meaning. It's a purpose for that. Maybe for you, something different. For me, different. Maybe for the whole world, it's one meaning. But Our Lady doesn't say anything without purpose. But the whole character of the message is, is family, because it's about children, little children. I'm your mother, God the Father. Jesus, he is your friend. He's your brother. So what is the problem if we narrate everything down in this whole situation? It's family. It's broken homes. You refer to these people that the ground's going to be pulled out from underneath them. We have families broken up. Often one spouse pulls the rug out from another. They didn't go into the marriage for that situation. People need healing. All our sicknesses, all our diseases is from the family. You raise a child between two solid pillars, the mother and the father. God is there in your life, in the natural life of the daily walk, not every several hours, but every hour, every minute of the day. God is natural for us. Our Lady is part of our life. It would be a very interesting in our community if we were able to count how many times throughout the day we speak about Jesus that comes out of our mouth and Our Lady of God. It's so natural. It's part of our life. By the time three or four or five years of age, they will never not believe in God. It's so much part of them. 
And the children aren't getting that, and they're not getting competition of what God is from the world through electronics and other things or books or whatever it may be. We God-proof our kids. But so many families doesn't have that. The spouses aren't on the same page. And it's a tragedy. It's very, very sad that somebody wants to be healed. They got into a marriage. They wanted somebody they could love, and they're injured. And a lot of times, the injuries is self-inflicted, too, because your roles are not being played out. Husband needs to be husband, head of the house. The wife needs to be teaching the obedience to the children, to that headship of the father. You may not like that. How to Change Your Husband speaks about that. You've known that through the years. But it's a truth that you will never change. And because you don't change, the family is a sad place. Tragedy. Wounds, bleeding at nighttime. When one spouse wants to put the guard down, they're taken advantage of. Their roles are usurped. And you hear about all this abuse of the man toward the women. Well, what about the women, what they're saying and what they're doing? You know, he's masculine. She's strong with her words. So she tries to kill often with the words, and often he can come back with masculinity because he's going to fight back. So you have a lot of abuse. And what we don't have in this is the truth that there's more to it when you hear things of what's going on. Not to defend this, but the family is broken and they create and birth broken people whose souls are sick and many are going towards spiritual death. You can have a spouse that wants to be perfect, but they're being driven crazy because the rug is pulled out from underneath them in the relationship that they want to have. I'm going on during this time I fear there's no one to save me This all and nothing really got away you driving me crazy I need somebody to hear, somebody to know, somebody to have, somebody to hold. It's easy to say, but it's never the same. I guess I kinda like the way you know all the pain. Now the day bleeds into nightfall, and you're not here to get me through it all. I my gun down, and then you pull. I'm going under in this time I fear there's no one to turn to I need somebody to know, somebody to hear, somebody to have Just to know how it feels, it's easy to say, but it's never the same I guess I kinda like the way you help me escape Now the day bleeds into nightfall And you're not here to get me through it all I my gun down And then you pull the rug I was getting kinda used to being someone you loved And I tend to close my eyes When it hurts sometimes I fall into your arms I'll be safe in your soul till I come back around For now the day bleeds 
to Christmas Eve Mass, we had two choices, the big church or a new addition where there would be a second Mass. The big church would have the nativity of the children, a play that they'd put in the middle of the Mass. And I told the community we're going to go to the other one in the auditorium. And I saw there was some disappointment with the kids, maybe. But then I said, we're going to go to this Mass because the priest is black from Africa, and they do good teachings. Everybody resigned themselves. We go into the auditorium where they're early. It was packed, several hundred people. This priest comes out, shooting out words like crazy. I looked at the kids. Every one of the kids was glued to him, the whole mass. He started homily as he started mass. He started asking us questions. He said, what are you going to give Jesus tonight? Have you got something to give to him? Nobody raised their hands. And I raised my hand. He said, oh, there's one. What are you going to give? I said, I'm going to give a rosary to him. He says, a rosary? I said, well, I'm going to give four mysteries to the rosary to him. He said, what's he going to do with that? And everybody was laughing. And this priest went on the whole mass this way. It was very beautiful, very powerful. When he got to his homily, he started asking more questions. And people out there, what are you going to do this? And in the homily, he's talked about Joseph and finds out about our lady. He's going to have a child. And he says, as far as logic, you're stupid to do God's will according to the world because it doesn't make sense. So Joseph said he was going to quietly divorce our lady. But the angel came to him and explained everything to him. And he protected her. He goes to the Mass. At the end of the Mass, he says, what you are to give Jesus tonight, the present you need to give to him is forgiveness. That's what Jesus wants. Forgiveness. Beautiful. What do we need in the family? Forgiveness. Someone you loved in this song. I tend to close my eyes when it hurts sometimes. I fall into your arms. I'll be safe in your sound till I come back around. But we don't have that. We don't have that kind of love anymore. The love that Joseph gave. The silence that Our Lady responded back to. To let God work things out. The Queen of England is late 80s at least, maybe in the early 90s. She spoke a few days before Christmas about what the theme should be. And I wanted to play this clip tonight to hear this. And because of her position, she said without fear what the Christmas season is about. (laughs) 
As a child, I never imagined that one day a man would walk on the moon. Yet this year we marked the 50th anniversary of the famous Apollo 11 mission. Still looking very good. Here go. The eagle has landed. As those historic pictures were beamed back to Earth, millions of us sat transfixed to our television screens as we watched Neil Armstrong taking a small step for man and a giant leap for mankind. It's a reminder for us all that giant leaps often start with small steps. This year we marked another important anniversary, D-Day. On the 6th of June 1944, some 156,000 British, Canadian and American forces landed in northern France. It was the largest ever seaborne invasion and was delayed due to bad weather. I well remember the look of concern on my father's face. He knew the secret D-Day plans, but could of course share that burden with no one. For the 75th anniversary of that decisive battle, in a true spirit of reconciliation, those who had formerly been sworn enemies came together in friendly commemorations either side of the channel, putting past differences behind them. Such reconciliation seldom happens overnight. It takes patience and time to rebuild trust, and progress often comes through small steps. Since the end of the Second World War, many charities, groups and organizations have worked to promote peace and unity around the world, bringing together those who have been on opposing sides. Of course, at the heart of the Christmas story lies the birth of a child, a seemingly small and insignificant step overlooked by many in Bethlehem. But in time, through his teaching and by his example, Jesus Christ would show the world how small steps taken in faith and in hope can overcome long-held differences and deep-seated divisions to bring harmony and understanding. It's a timely reminder of what positive things can be achieved when people set aside past differences and come together in the spirit of friendship and reconciliation. And as we all look forward to the start of a new decade, it's worth remembering that it is often the small steps, not the giant leaps, that bring about the most lasting change. And so I wish you all a very happy Christmas. And there it is again, what the priest said, forgiveness. What is the infant in the manger, what is he here for? To appeal to his father, God the Father, to forgive. I will pay the price for that. What the world needs is forgiveness. The main thing today for us is to recognize our sins, our offenses, and to forgive. Not ask forgiveness. You forgive. Doesn't matter if somebody else doesn't. You liberate yourself. When you don't forgive, you incarcerate yourself. 
you're in prison to the person or event that caused you pain and suffering. How do you get rid of that? Just forgive. Why? Because Jesus forgave you of sins and he had to pay your price. And you might have to do that for somebody else, no matter what happened. Christmas really is about forgiveness. We have the family tree so messed up because there's so much unforgiveness. And this is from the parents. It may be one or the other. It could be the mom. The mom actually sets the tone of many things. And a lot of the problems that's here in the world is because of motherhood. And so this song coming up is a true story of the singer about her mother who broke up the family. now in the mirror it's getting clearer daddy all those things I said I wouldn't do I've been drawn to cause I looked up to you and I've loved you through this tangled legacy tracing the twisted roots of our family I stayed strong like you did I moved on like you did Now I'm up to fast stone like you did If I don't learn a thing I know I'm gonna break Like you Lover, I must forgive you I confused you With what I couldn't see inside of me Dark things pulling Not evolving Made a puppet out of me And you came with your own history Caught in the branches of our family tree But I stayed strong like you did I moved on like you did And I wound up all alone like you did If I don't learn a bit, I know I'm going to break Just like you I love you, but I need to look at who we've been Take the fruit, but choose the seeds I scatter in the wind That's the job of the kid To do better than our parents did So I'll stay strong like you did No more But I won't hide from the truth like you did I'm learning to bend so I won't break And you 
can bet I'll teach my child that love will always find a way Just like you Everything comes down to love of neighbor. Your closest neighbor is in your family. The first place you go is always to love no matter what. And so we have the family today literally shattered, broken. It has a good appearance on the outside, even if they stay together. But the nucleus of the world for peace is the family. The family tree, generational, pass on what was good from your parents to your children, as they may grow in good, instead of less and less peace, it'll be more and more peace. Our lady's trying to reverse this. She's trying to show us these things so that we might have better days. On the subject of the family, there is a lot of hurt, especially in God's family, in the church, and Something Our Lady said in her message through Maria, something that she has said, I'm sure, dozens of times. But Our Lady said, I am with you, little children. And then Our Lady adds, to lead you on this way of salvation. As we celebrate Christmas, we have the understanding that in order for God to forgive us, he literally had to come down amongst us. And we say Jesus showed us the way, but it wasn't symbolic. God really became a man. He really taught us. He really suffered. He really died. If Our Lady is coming and she is saying, I am with you to lead you, do you think that this is just symbolic language that Our Lady is giving? Or do you think that Our Lady is really doing a second moment of a second nativity where she is really doing something physically on the earth. She's talking to us about pain. She's talking to us about crosses and all of these things. Is she just up in heaven and just happy and immune from that? Or is she really come down and really doing this with us? Well, she relays in a message in the last several years that I lived on the earth and I suffered pain. I understand those things. So she shows that she did it in her life, and she's relating to you and me that she knows your pain. But in answer to your question, is there something else happening? Because Jesus took on our sins and suffered. Our lady said in 1983, June 24th, I'm telling you to be converted. Make that known to all my children as quickly as possible. This is back in 1983. She continues to say something very profound. No pain, no suffering is too great for me in order to save you. Well, wait a minute. Let's back up. She's in heaven. She's in front of the Trinity. She's with the angels. Everything's beautiful. Really? Do you realize that Our Lady is doing something on our behalf for all those, including many of us, who has not capitalized on the suffering of Jesus and his crucifixion. Yes, he paid the price. 
but nobody's accepting this check from him. Jesus, he can write out anything out for you of whatever worth, no matter how many sins, to pay for that. Salvation money is there. But man has grown so hard, so far from God, that we have to accept our lady's words that she's saying, no pain, no suffering is too great for me in order to save you, that she's denying something from heaven and suffering. But, oh, people will say, well, heaven was just bliss. You think they're happy with all many souls going to hell? Allie told us that yesterday. That is why people are far from God and souls are sick, heading towards spiritual death. I am with you. She's suffering with us. She evidently, in some way that we can't comprehend, has gone before God the Father. I will suffer even though I'm in heaven. How do we know that? Because Mariana said she saw her crying. She saw one tear come out. And Mariana afterwards says, if you saw one tear from our lady, you would never want to commit a sin again. Is she coming out of the chambers in heaven, put on my makeup, hey, put a tear right here. I got to act like I'm not happy, so I got to do this. This is real. This is not Hollywood. Our Lady is suffering for us. We don't know what, but we know there's something that she's going through a heavenly crucifixion on our behalf. Amazing things. Amazing what she said. Souls are sick, heading towards spiritual death. I am with you. And back in 83, I am suffering pains. Do you think God the Father delights one of his sons come before him for the judgment and cast him to eternity of hell? Do you think God the Father is not wounded by that? He lost all that love that person could be in heaven for eternity praising him. Our Lady is showing us insights into heaven that it is joyful, it is beautiful, but there's another side of it too. As long as the earth exists and we're losing souls, there's sadness. We've heard about the angels weeping. They feel this sorrow. And we know that because when one sinner repents and is saved, all the angels rejoice. If that's the case, what's the opposite if we lose one? They're saddened. Yes, all that would be wiped away at the end of the world. But we're in wondrous moments, profound moments. And it's obvious. We have God the Father. We have the Mother on the earth. She's going back to Him to mitigate everything for us. And He's saying, They had my son's crucifixion to pay for the price. Your son. But her bargaining in front of God the Father is saying, Let me suffer pain that necessary to win them the grace to come to the crucifixion. Our Lady's not adding something to salvation. She's adding a grace that can be won through her suffering to promote the crucifixion that's available. So what does that come down to? Family again. God the Father, the Mother, the Son, and the wayward children. It's all about family. So to complete that question, we have to see what the Father has to do. Our Lady continues after saying, No pain, no suffering is too great for me in order to save you. I will pray to my Son not to punish the world, but I plead with you, be converted. 
And then she says this, Our Lady, you cannot imagine what is going to happen, nor what the eternal Father will send to the earth. Why? Because he has to clean up. Because he has to correct the direction of the world for self-destructs. She continued, that is why you must be converted. Renounce everything. Do penance. And so summing up that whole family situation in Revelation 12, she wailed in pain to give birth. She gave us a message, a family message again. As I bore Jesus in my womb, I bear you into holiness. This is labor. She is suffering. What will it bring to us? Better days. Because everyone can be forgiven. She's bringing this more to light more than ever in history. And it just comes down to that one word, forgiveness.
this is what Christmas is about. Forgiveness. The little male child being born for that purpose. As you forgive, you'll be forgiven. You make the standard of how you'll be judged. Love has to come back into the family. As the song said, I wish everyone was loved tonight and somehow to stop this endless fight. Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days. We have everything at our disposal to the Medjugorje apparitions, the Queen of Peace, the Mother, the Woman. Take advantage of this before it's all going away. 2020 is going to be a profound year of preparation. Be ready. We wish you a merry, merry Christmas full of love. We love you. We wish you, Our Lady, good night. This ends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.